what is what is your your twenty year roadmap? Hmm. What is your thirty year roadmap? Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, Singapore is really looking ahead and said, look, I want to make Singapore the crypto center of the world, hmm. the fintech center of the world. Right. I want to make Singapore uh, 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 be a leader in robotics, right, in artificial intelligence. But when they say, I want to make Singapore a leader, they actually believe with conviction that they can mm. make it a leader. Mm -hmm. right? Whereas over here, you know, we always say we want to make ourselves leaders, blah, 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 but it's mostly just writing on paper. Right? Um, because you tell me, right, which, in which particular industries have Malaysia made ourselves leaders? There's the palm oil industry. That's mostly private sector driven. Right? Mm -hmm. Maybe semiconductor. Uh, semiconductor, you know, it's but that you can also say it's through the good graces of Intel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Correct. Right. Uh, and and uh, you know, uh, on the other hand, maybe Islamic uh, you know, financing. financing. Okay. Uh, with a stable, relatively re stable regulatory framework, etc., etc. Right. But when it comes to the new economies, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, I've not seen anything where they say, you know, I want to make Malaysia. The, uh, the 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 world leader when it comes to electric vehicles, right? Or at least have a world class industry in that space. Before we begin the podcast, have you gotten your free ebook? It's called the Build a Six-Figure Portfolio Guidebook. Now, inside it, we share with you the tips and tricks to bring your stock investing skills to the next level. The best part, it's only 10 pages long and it's totally free. Whether you're on Spotify or YouTube, the link to download is in the description or you can go to www.firl.co slash f-r-e-e or www.firo.co slash free. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to the Fire Podcast, best place for long-term stock investor. Now, today is, as always, a very, very special guest. Now, he has a background in oil and gas, in consulting, in entrepreneurship, startups, and the likes, and investing as well. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Mr. Warren Liao. Thank you very much, MJ. Thank you very much, John, for welcoming here. So I Thank this you so is much actually for re sorry sorry John, what do you say? Thank you so much for oh. him to come. <laughs> okay okay, um, I know this is a rescheduled podcast, and the reason you had to reschedule was because there's a lot of in your own words a lot of firefighting. Yes, right? at that point in time. So yeah, we're just checking. You know, uh, is there how big is the fire now? Um, well, you know, the, the fires have been controlled, right? So at that point in time, you know, we had a couple of projects that were coming live uh, without any particular reference. So it was constantly uh, with us trying to find a way through, right? right. Uh, whether we're talking about operational issues or whether we're talking about uh, launching some new NFT related projects, which we delve further into in a short while. Yes, for sure. Now, I just want to begin by, you know, we, we like to ask what what is like a 10 year old you know, Warren, like in relation to how do you see money? How do you see business? What was your first impressions on things like that? So when I was uh, 10 years old, I was uh, a boy growing up in a very middle, uh, middle class background in Klang. Mm -hmm. My dad was a police officer. Uh, my mom was a housewife. Uh, at that point in time, I was standard four. Uh, and the, the way out of that 
that cycle mm-hmm. was through education, or at least it was what was ingrained in my mind. You get hmm. good grades, you get to uh, you know uh, do form six, you score well for form six. You know you can get into UM, right, uh, local university, uh, which is the the best amongst the public universities, uh, and then you can get a you know a, a, a comfortable job, right. Uh, but uh, you know that the whole mindset changed uh, when I was lucky enough to get a government scholarship mm. after form five, right. So so I I was able to get a JPS scholarship, went abroad for my studies. I did accounting and finance at the LSE, uh, and essentially that brought up my mind into the possibilities uh, and also the, the realm of experiences, um, especially when it comes to to working abroad and and you know experiencing different types of organizations and different types of businesses. Back to your question with regards to my philosophy of money, uh, coming from a, a very middle middle class background, right? No holidays abroad, uh, you know, no fancy restaurants. You know, it was a simpler life and simpler means lah. But I always knew that I wanted to 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 at least make more, okay, uh, as a way to 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 experience different things in life, right? So that was the principal driver, right? Uh, because uh, for me, you know, it was it was a way out to broaden the horizons. It was a way out to experience, um, you know, different experiences. It was a way to see the world. It was a way to to do more interesting things, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's for me on. So you know, from a very young age, uh, I think I was lucky enough to get the nurture uh, as well as the um, you know, um, I suppose you know the the kind of background where my my parents were were happy and wanted to invest into education. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, my dad would guide me with my homework, uh, make sure that you know I stay on track, mm-hmm. and and you know from a young age because it was instilled upon me that grades would be a way out. Yeah, yeah. So I study hard lah. Right. Well, I try to study hard. <laughs> but I have, to, I have to ask, you know, did he give you any tricks, uh, any police tricks, you know? Uh, not not for studies, lah. But you see, my, the thing with my dad was that uh, yeah. he he was a trained chemist before he joined the police force. Ah, okay, so okay. so he had a background in science. You know, he was good in math. You know, and and, and I could get some 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 uh, help, lah. Right uh, on that on that part. Uh, but my, my mom also, you know, uh, and and my dad were were always investing into books. Mm. Right, they would bring me to the library along my sister, you know, every every weekend, and it cultivated, a, a, I guess, a sense of curiosity. Um, that's that's important, um, as well as an, an appreciation, or um, you know, always wanted to learn more. Mm, mm. Right, sometimes you know, learning for the sake of learning, and I learn a lot of random stuff that I don't really use in my life. Right, really? but it's just a general interest when it comes to, let's say, history or economics or geography and, or science and the likes. Right. And, and wow. I think, you know, that, that, that kind of a uh, habit of reading um, is something that I found to be useful over the years. Mm-hmm. You know, let's say fast forward from 10 years to, to where I am right now or, you know, halfway through the point, right? Uh, the the uh, reading opens up imagination. 100%. Uh, mm. Reading opens up awareness, right? Uh, and reading also opens up pattern recognition. How do you draw everything together when you try to rationalize and... and uh, break it, things down into 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 concept, uh, and and subsequently apply it as knowledge. Right, right. So as you entered uh, university, I, I have a couple of questions. Right, number one is why accounting and finance. Um, maybe I'm I'm wrong, but they they're not known to be the most imaginative uh, fields. Uh, actually, well, debatable, but yeah. Um, and uh, what, um. You know, in terms of like the eye-opening, the mind-opening experiences, transitioning from, you know, middle-class family from Klang, going to LSE, what were the big 
you can call it culture shocks, realizations that you made when you were in uh, London? Okay. Um, I, I think uh, number one, uh, why accounting? Um, uh, for me, uh, I knew from a young age that I didn't want to be a doctor, I didn't want to be a ah. lawyer, I didn't want to be an engineer. Hmm, I okay. want to get into business uh, okay, or okay. a general uh, running of things, like building things, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, trying to, 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 to build a business, etc. Right? right. And then uh, uh, my dad told me like, when I was young, right? No, if you become an accountant, you know, all you need to do is sign and then you can get a five-figure job, right? <laughs> <laughs> at, at that point in time. Uh, but... but uh, 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 joking aside, uh, that was what the, the government offered in terms of scholarship, mm, right? So mm, I think that mm. that was the right cause for me because uh, the, the modules which I enjoyed the most would be finance and also economics, right? right? And, mm. um, and although, you know, I did study accounting and finance at LSE uh, and I am a professionally qualified accountant, right? I did my SEMA because of all the exemptions I could get. Yeah. I've never really practiced as an accountant, right? And I don't think I would have made a good accountant as well because, you know, for me, um, uh, being a good accountant requires... Uh, uh, very uh, detailed attention to 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 details. I right? see. Uh, and and for me, you know, it was always a big picture, big picture kind of guy. thinking. Okay. And how to link concepts together and how to get things moving. Right. Right. Yeah. And on the second point, with regards to uh, culture shock, right now, how was this transition? For me, it was not not that difficult um, in the sense that um, you know, uh, um, I suppose you know, uh, reading helped. Right. Uh, so I was reading beyond my years, uh, even at an early stage. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and you know, that to me, at least, well, I grew up on books like from Annie Blyton or, ah. or uh, I was watching, you know, mostly English shows. I didn't go to a Chinese school. I went to a normal, uh, you know, uh, Kebangsan, Kebangsan school, right? Yeah. So that was Methodist ACS, right? Uh, and and the, 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 the stuff that I was exposed to from a young age was more skewed towards, let's say, the, uh, you know, right. the, the, the Western audiences anyway, right? Uh, even though I grew up speaking Mandarin at home, uh, it was not an issue uh, transitioning over because uh, I think, uh, number one, um, you know, after Form 5, you know, we were sent to a boarding school um, in, 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 in Malaysia. I was based in Banting, College Mara Banting. Ah. Um, mm. And I was doing my, my levels, in, right? International Baccalaureate over there. IB. Yes. Ah, IB, okay. okay. Yeah. When I got my offer letter from, uh, for, for IB, I didn't even know what, 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 what it was, yeah. right? Because uh, you know, that was uh, nearly 20 years ago and nobody really knew what yeah, I, IB was. Yeah, that is true actually. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, that uh, uh, also helped to allay part of it because you know, uh, everything was taught in English. I so we at boarding school, right? Uh, and um, I could see that it was more difficult for some where uh, their primary uh, language of thinking or learning mm -hmm. at that point in time, you know, was not really in English, especially, you know, the Malay speakers or, you know, uh, uh, Chinese speakers who come from uh, Asrama schools, right? Um, so so uh, those two years of preparation also helped. Uh, and right. I suppose, you know, uh, when, when you head over to, to, to a faraway land, uh, everybody's on the same page, right? Uh, you know, that's true. Uh, it's, a, it's an alien land. You're, you're forced to fend for yourself. Uh, you learn to adapt. You learn to be independent. And I think, you know, uh, you know that is also one of the benefits of, of uh, leaving home uh, earlier rather than later. Mm. Because you, know, you learn to look for your own apartment. You learn to, to find your own part-time job, Correct. right? You learn yeah. to, 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 to apply for internships, you know, uh, earlier rather than later. Hence, I, I'm right. always a proponent uh, of, of kids uh, um, working as as, as soon, uh, said, as, soon yeah. as possible, as early as possible, even when you're studying, yeah. because it helps you mature a lot faster. I right. completely agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, back to the, your learning habits and all that. Um, do you think in the state of where uh, children are today, I mean, at, if you take yourself back to when you were 14 and 15 versus the children at 14 and 15 today, 
how challenging will it be for them to get them to read? I mean, I'm pretty sure if you don't have kids yourself, you have family members or nieces or cousins who are at that age and they actually struggle to read. How, how do you think we can actually, uh, you know, alleviate parents or help children actually read better from your perspective? I think, you know, personally, the reading habits have changed even for people at our generation. Simply yeah, because, you know, it, our, yeah. uh, my, my own attention span has shortened. Yeah. Okay. Because of, uh, I suppose, information overload from social media or from uh, mobile devices or where we actually consume information. Yes. Mm. Right. Uh, you check out the websites, you check out the uh, snippets, right. Uh, you get a constant stream of news from Bloomberg and Reuters or Wall Street Journal, New York Times, uh, you know, uh, in comparison to in the past where you read a long form book. Right. Yes. Uh, and, and uh, you know, you, there are a lot less, uh, a lot fewer distractions. Right. Um, so, uh, would it be fair to say that you know kids nowadays don't read? I I, I would beg to differ a little bit, mm-hmm. simply because you know uh, the way they absorb information or knowledge right comes from a multitude or a spectrum of uh, uh, origins. Right, you don't necessarily just learn from from reading anymore. You learn from watching YouTube videos. Oh yes, right? and that's that's actually a more effective way to learn. Argue yeah, in many in many ways, yes. Yeah, like like for example, you know, uh, I I spent uh, uh, many years struggling to go through uh, the, the take book on the romance of the three kingdoms, but ah. like, but but oh. yesterday, uh, right, what ah. I did was I just uh, turned on YouTube and I finished watching a, a whole animated narrative within an hour and a half. Well, what so was the YouTube the, channel? What was the YouTube channel? Uh, uh, was it History Bros or Cool Bros or something? Ah, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, I know. Which so 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 basically, you know, within an hour and a half, you know, I could absorb the the entire big picture. Picture, right yes so similarly if you want to learn about you know finance right principles of finance or you know uh, um, uh, how do you value a company right you can right. Go, go through it by reading or you can watch a youtube clip and within an hour and a half you get the concepts because you know, things oh, are yes. illustrated out you know and and it's it becomes a lot more intuitive right uh, it's not just that you know you can watch from one source you can watch another source and another source and another source and you look at the same piece of information or same piece of knowledge or teaching from different teachers and, and it gives you another chance to absorb differently as well Right. Yeah, That's fantastic good. perspective. Because, uh, uh, you know, uh, my parents um, or my kids' grandparents, they're like, how come they're watching YouTube every day? I said, uh, but it's, this is a new form of uh, medium, you know, there's learning, a new form yeah. of learning, new form of, and, and, and I think I had the same experience with you about the San Kuo Yi la, because I don't, I don't read Mandarin. <laughs> so I watched the same <laughs> YouTube clip. To Probably. Oh, but John, yeah. I think even if you read Mandarin and you read the Chinese, uh, the records, I don't think it'll be any easier. Yeah, It's not just yeah. the, the language, it's how they, they write, you know. You know, so you 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 mentioned just now. So you like you like reading books, and we we'll, we'll go on to 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 uh, your days in oil and gas and consulting later on. But uh, um, since you really love books, so I want to know like was there not so much now or in the past ten to fifteen years, but more so when you were younger or even when you're just about to enter college or during uh, uni days, was there a book that left an impression? Um, uh, I mean, there were many books, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and I suppose you know with uh, different different books, you have uh, different sources of inspiration. Right, mm. uh, you know, I was uh, reading up on, let's say, uh, I had a thick book like on, on the history of Europe. Ah, right. Wow. Uh, and that that to me was uh, uh, useful because you know it gave a lot of historical context and mm-hmm. geographical mm-hmm. context, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and even a bit on on economics, right? The reason why I raised that particular book in in in, in uh, uh, particular is because you know, uh, for anybody to be a savvy investor. Right, uh, or to 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 uh, at least be able to recognize patterns. Yes, you need to understand history. 
hundred percent. Because history tends to repeat itself, right? Whether we're talking about you know, a, a certain uh, uh, company on on a certain life cycle growth, right, uh, or the contextual information behind, uh, you know, macroeconomic factors, mm. right? Uh, how was it in the nineteen thirties? You know, uh, how was it during the Great Depression, right? Or nineteen oh seven crash, right? Nineteen eighty seven crash, nineteen ninety seven crash, right? Two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight crash, right? Uh, all these things have certain parallels, even if you look back hundreds of years, or uh, even even collapse of great civilizations, as an example. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, right. Uh, whether it's because of taxation or whether it's because of interest rates or cost of borrowing or, or surplus of labor or capital, you know, all these things have certain parallels uh, in, in different shapes and forms, but you know, the underlying principle will still remain the same because things are always cyclical, right? Mm. right. So, so that, that, that uh, to me, you know, was uh, more about you know, how to tie things, you know, uh, from, a, from a big picture mm-hmm. perspective. But uh, on the other hand as well, you know, I also enjoyed uh, uh, fiction, which uh, also, you oh, know, uh, uh, unleashes um, imagination. Right. Mm. Whether whether you're talking about you know let's say sci-fi like uh, Wizard of Earth Sea by Russell Gunn or or even Frank Herbert's Dune. Right? Oh, uh, so yeah. do you watch the movie? Yeah, right. Like movie? But but if you read the books, right, and uh-huh. then you you sort of realize that hey, it's actually a you know a, a whole encyclopedia on philosophy, on religion, and yeah. also on economics. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Mm. Right? Spies, uh, right? Spies, you know, and and how would, uh, and what the corollary is that you know you can draw as a parallel to oil. Oh, 100%. Mm. Right? Just that you can't get high off oil, that's it. You can't get high <laughs> off oil, right? But you basically you need spice or just like oil to move things yeah. around. Yeah, yeah, correct. Right? correct. And, and why would people uh, uh, fight for it? You know, uh, you can draw, you know, uh, uh, parallels or certain yeah. relations to to whatever's happening in the, the whole macroeconomic situation right now, right? You know, you yeah. know, John, yeah. and, and here Warren was saying, you know, it's gonna be a half an hour podcast. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, when you started talking about all this, right? Yeah. When I know, uh, when he says it's a well-read man, uh, I think three hours is not enough. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. yeah it's but you have the energy left for me to, yeah. to complete yeah, a three-hour exactly. podcast. Okay, so uh, yeah, John, before I move on to uh, his, his working life, right? do you have any, any questions? No, I think I, I'm more interested to, to, to get into the startup scene. Okay, so, go ahead. great. So yeah, before we go startup, that's a very juicy part of the podcast. But before that, you started off, I believe, a mixture of oil and gas and consulting. So why is that? Why is it that an accountant is going into these industries? So uh, when I was uh, graduating, you know, all my friends were either going to uh, investment banking or consulting, mm. right? Uh, those were the the kind of like uh, you know the 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 marquee jobs at that point in time, like yes. ten years ago, right? more than ten years ago, fifteen years ago, uh-huh. right? Uh, because they, those were the high paying, uh, the most high paying professional jobs. And I have friends who went to uh, actual uh, companies or insurance companies. Uh, I have friends who went into law firms, of course, and also accounting firms. Right. But for me, uh, I always knew that I wanted to start something, right? So I, I I figured, you know, if I would join a graduate training program that gave me um, three years of operational experiences. Uh, that that was a good way for me to uh, induct myself into into things. Hmm. So during my second year at uni, I, I did an internship within a Russian business unit, right? So mm-hmm. of, of BP, that, yes. right? So so we <laughs> yeah. were, uh, I was attached to a business unit that was building a, a or trying to build a multi-billion-dollar project of uh, the island of Sakhalin in the mm-hmm. Russian forest, mm-hmm. right? So I know a fair bit about <laughs> Russian. We will ask uh, you about that later. Uh, on. Politics okay. and uh, economics okay. at that point in time because it was linked to yeah, you know, yeah. uh, how. Oil and gas, you know, uh, underpins, um, you know, uh, a lot of the, the, the decisions and, 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 and how things work, right? Uh, 
so so I decided to join the the, the program because uh, you know uh, it was three jobs in three years. I spent uh, a year uh, working in an operational environment. My first mm-hmm. job was in customer servicing, uh, so I was always on the phone trying to problem solve, uh, trying to to get things moving between the supply depots and also the gantries and trucks shipping fuel around. Uh, in very cool weather, right? Basically. In the UK, so it's still okay. Ah, right? from, okay, you're doing yeah. from UK. okay. And then uh, uh, my second job, I was in the carbon trading space. So ah. that, that was 2008, right? 15 years, oh, 14 years ago. And uh, the European Union uh, emissions trading scheme was the first in the world uh, at yeah. scale. Uh, and there were not that many people involved in the space. So if you want, we can also delve uh, deeper into, uh, I guess, uh, market design. Mm, right, mm. Uh, and how do you essentially uh, add on uh, free market economics to price carbon uh, in yeah. order to abate and the, the the pitfalls of it? Because mm, everything mm. went to went 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 downhill uh, during the global financial crisis. Right, right. Mm. Uh, when the whole economy of the world at that point in time was crashing down, right. And you have to worry about feeding your 0708, own. Right? 0708, oh, okay, right? You have okay. to worry about feeding your own citizens or you want to subsidize um, you know, uh, carbon abatement projects in, in <laughs> third world countries. Yeah. Right. So right. that becomes the Chinese are looking and saying, it becomes a it becomes a you know a, yeah, a, a yeah. political question as well. Then my, my, my third role, I was in risk management and I was on my way towards uh, you know gearing myself into uh, I suppose, you know, um, uh, uh, an energy uh, trading career route. Right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, becoming uh, oil, or gas trader, or electricity trader, uh, and then subsequently, uh, you know, uh, uh, after my my fourth role in risk management, I, I didn't really like that job, right? Uh, because I was running spreadsheets every day, but it was uh, it, it taught me you know, things like you know how do you actually keep risk under control, right? Mm. Uh, I transitioned into into management consulting with Bain and Camp. Yes, what's uh, it like? Yeah. So uh, that was uh, uh, a good induction into a certain way of working mm. uh, as well as uh, to, to, to understand, you know, what do management consultants really do? Change management, you know, uh, project management, yeah. uh, you know, uh, looking into due diligences, right? Uh, trying to, to, to use data to support some business decisions. That's right. right. Uh, but uh, two and a half years uh, of it for me was uh, enough because that wasn't really what was exciting for me. Really? Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. I think for, for a few reasons. Uh, number one, uh, I, I'd rather get into things where you decide and then you see the results right away rather than you know mm. creating slides mm. and you know stakeholder mm-hmm. management, engagement, engagement buy-in, uh, you know, uh, whiteboarding you know, exercises, but- uh, Then nothing. Then, then you hope that you know the other side would would, would implement right. Right. Uh, so that's that's one you part. You want the of feedback. It. Basically, you want the feedback on your ideas or your theories about the world, essentially. Not, not just that, uh, I wanted to be the guy making the decision. I see. Okay. Right. Okay. Not the guy trying to propose or to 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 uh, to rubber stamp right. or to to give something on paper, right? Uh, but rather, you know, understanding the situation and uh, and 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 uh, deciding, committing. Uh, executing, right, uh, and, and having a PNL responsibility in a, in a certain way, ah, right. That, that's very interesting. If you don't mind me digging deeper, Warren, because most consultants on the other on on one side of the story uh, don't like the implementation. They don't like the operational work. They like big picture. Mm-hmm. They don't like to get into the trenches, as they speak. But in, in your case, what I'm hearing is that you rather be in the trenches uh, or command of the trenches. <laughs> 
what do you think propelled you to to have that kind of interest? Was it because that a lot of the ideas that you were proposing in Bain uh, wasn't wasn't getting uh, adopted? What was that? Was that the trigger, or was that something else? I, I wouldn't uh, say that. Plus, you know, when I was still at Bain, I was relatively junior anyway. Uh, right. So most of the time, you know, right. you have the senior partners who will be you know schmoozing around and 100%. and, and uh, giving a strategic advice to the Fortune 500 <laughs> companies. <laughs> but but uh, uh, you know. I, but even then, you know, uh, I also realized when it comes to advice, right, you don't have to rely on 100 pages decks, right? Because mm -hmm. you've got the experience to speak with uh, the authority, right? Sometimes it's just yep. a matter of having a discussion over an armchair. So look, this, guys, this is what you have to do, right? Oh, I, I think you should stick to that. You should do this, you should do that. Uh, and these are the reasons why these are, this is what my experience is telling me. I've done it before. I've seen it across 100 different cases, right? Mm. And just like how real deals are done. Yes. Right? Through private conversations, one-on-one -on -one conversations, you know, you advise and you get things moving. Right? Uh, the rest is just justification or paperwork to try to justify a decision. <laughs> correct, correct, right? correct, yeah. correct, correct. Um, you know, you want to get a deal done, it's through a handshake, right? Uh, through an understanding, through uh, mutual considerations, right? So that's how the real world essentially, you know, works, right? Uh, so so that's 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 the, the one part. And I think, you know, at the end of it, it really depends on on the personality, on, on, on who are you as a person and what drives you as a person. Right? 100%. Yeah. Whether it's the, the theoretical part, the intellectual part, you want to think about it. But if you want to think about intellectual part, you know, there are many other things which are a lot more uh, intellectual as well. A lot more other uh, things. The pricing yeah. of derivatives using a black scores model, for example, right? Oh, uh, yes. Uh, 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 or, or, you know, how do you measure the volatility? You're looking at the volatility map of, of an uh, options curve, right? So, so yeah. you know, all, all these things are mathematically <laughs> uh, challenging, right? Uh, yeah. You know, true stochastics, blah, 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 right? So, so. You know, physics, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> physics, exactly, right? You know, uh, or, you know, how do you actually shoot a rocket, right? Or launch it to space, right? Or whatever those space guys are going. So, so yeah. it really depends on what drives, um, you know, a person in, in my particular case, uh, what mm. motivated me, what interested me more was uh, essentially, you know, yeah, you know, uh, uh, I suppose, you know, trying to grow a business, uh, deciding on it, um, uh, uh, reacting to, uh, the dynamic market, mm -hmm. right, uh, uh, and stringing things together in order to to factor that in, right. But right. please don't get me wrong; I have a lot of respect for for you know uh, many many management consultants, right, uh, and the work they do. Then right? some of them will mm. be your friends, right? Yeah, some of them are my friends, you know, and you know I've learned a lot during my days at Bain. You know, I, I could travel in business class, stay in five star hotels, yeah. but after a while, the novelty wears off, right? No, the more yes. important is actually <laughs> the the people that you meet, and most of them don't stay on as management consultants anyway. That's right. Right. Uh, That's I've, right. I've got many of my 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 being colleagues from from around the the, the same cohort as as me. Right. Uh, well, who went on to? I was in London. Right. So uh, one went on to to form uh, uh, UK's largest uh, flower delivery company. Huh. One wow. went on to form uh, 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 UK's uh, uh, one of the UK's largest independent you know uh, uh, electricity provider. Wow. Right, but then you went under like, with the, the current volatility, right? Um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you, yeah, you have many, many different things doing the different things, right? Um, so so uh, it's, I think it's the, 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 the benefit is uh, um, having um, you know, access to, to a certain group of people where they have yeah. very, very interest and they're driven, they're smart people, you know, uh, yeah. and they're generally nice people as well. Right. That's right. So, for example, right. you know, That's when right. I was at Bain, uh, I was uh, also uh, working on a startup of my own, and I was also work. I took a you know six month sabbatical to work my own ad tech startup. Right? Is it called a Fluent Future? Is that the no? One? That was during my days at BP. Uh, ah, but okay, okay. I was working on another thing called Guru App, Guru and because app. of my Bain connection, right, I actually had a uh, uh, a one on one session with uh, Gordon Brown. 
Huh? Who had, at wow. that point in time had just stepped down being the Prime Minister of the right, UK. Right. So I, I went to meet mm. him at the House of Commons in his office. Uh, and then he, he subsequently invited me to, 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 have, to join a brainstorming session on uh, uh, education tech as a whole. Okay. Right. Okay. Mm. Uh, and he even offered me a job uh, at the UN because at that point in time it was the UN special envoy for uh, uh, you know, uh, children's education. Right. I see. Uh, in I in see. war zones or conflict zones. Right. But mm -hmm. I, at that point in time, I told him, look, uh, you know, I just want to make my money first. <laughs> right. Uh, so, 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 so I think, you know, the, 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 the reason why I wanted to bring this up is uh, sometimes, you know, when, when, when you uh, open yourself to possibilities and, and you're in an environment where you have interesting people around. Mm. Right. Um, and I've seen the corollaries, whether it was during the, my days at oil and gas or whether it's during my days uh, in, in carbon trading or whether it was during my days at Bain or whether it's during my days in startup, right? Mm. As long as you're a nice person, you, you can network your way around, but you network because you add something back to the community and the community gets That's something right. from you as well, right? But you don't, you don't act in a calculative manner. You don't yeah. act with the, the intention that you, you take more and you really genuinely want to, to, to build up the sum of parts, yeah. right? In general, sometimes, you know, the doors uh, that open up uh, would be uh, kind of like, a, you know, uh, I suppose, you know, uh, more, more rewarding than, 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 than otherwise, you know, um, expected, right? So, so paid forward. Uh, you paid forward. Uh, pay forward without consciously paying forward. <laughs> Yes, yeah. exactly. All Pay right. forward without consciously, without expecting anything in return, actually. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, uh, I didn't expect anything from the, the Austrian session, you know, uh, and then I met yeah. a cool guy like yourself, right? <laughs> and uh, one, one thing led to another, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then yeah, I got yeah. a free yeah. trip to Austria as well after that, yeah. or before that, I can't remember exactly, right? So, so yeah. you know, uh, all, all, all these things, you know, tend to, tend to be linked, right? Right. Uh, you know, I, I know there's a no, no swearing policy, but yeah, yeah. there's always a saying, right? Don't be an asshole, right? Yeah. Because the writing yeah. is at the back of your shit. That's right. right. Uh, yes. So it really depends on you know how a person sees you and you know whether you're a likable person, whether you can add value, whether you you offer genuine thoughts, whether you offer something constructive to a relationship, right? Mm. Uh, and and how how does it uh, essentially build it up over time? Right. So it, at your time of being, did you already start doing entrepreneurial work already on the side? So uh, my my whole uh, involvement uh, with let's say learning about tech or doing some something tacky uh, came from my days at BP, right? So I, I was helping out a friend startup who was also a BP employee, right? He was trying to build a social network for uh, language exchange. So mm. I can teach you Mandarin, you can teach me Spanish, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and uh, you know, I, I was doing a bit of graduate recruitment for BP. So I was running trading games over at Imperial College. Mm. I was the the tag, right? Because I volunteered myself for it. And it was a way for me to teach myself, you know, public speaking and presenting to 300, 400 people. Um, mm -hmm. And I got my friend to help out and he told me about a side project and I started helping out during the night and, uh, and, and uh, evenings. And, and uh, there was where I learned how to outsource. I learned about SQL tables. I learned about managing, you know, uh, let's say developers, uh, outsourcing, uh, you know, to a place like Romania uh, and, and, you know, all around the world. Uh, so, so, Again, you know, back to that 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 point, right? Uh, you know, once more door opens, and then through serendipity, you know, more doors will open up. Yeah. Right? With that, you know, I was able to do another startup, uh, or and then it evolved into EdTech. And with that, you know, I, I got myself into uh, land somehow landed into into Magic, which is government agency looking to to startups. And then with that, also somehow you know led me to the current role that I'm in. Uh, mm. Per se, right? So doors open up, you know, in in a connected way. Yeah. Uh, 
sometimes uh, without you consciously trying to push for it, but as long as you have a destination in mind, That's right. right? Uh, then at least the boat would get steered subconsciously in a certain direction. Yeah, I think you, you raise a good point because uh, the, I think there are a lot of people who, you know, uh, people we work with and also sometimes friends and family is that they want to get um, everything figured out, right? Yeah. And sort of like they have this blueprint and this master plan to achieve something. And yet what you're describing to me, at least in your experience, is that you can only know where you are and where you want to go. And everything in between, it's almost very difficult to figure out. Did I characterize uh, that correctly? You can never fully figure everything out. Yeah. Right? Because there are, uh, there are so many exogenous factors right, beyond Sorry. your control. Right? The, the, the question is more about how do you actually create a framework to be able to react uh, positively or negatively towards it. Right? But more importantly, how do you react against adversity right? uh, and to create mm. more options and you, you commit to a certain path and you steer yourself towards it. Um, so I do agree. Uh, most of the time, you know, the, the highly successful people that I see, they are focused. Right? But on the other hand, uh, they are also humble enough and cognizant enough of the fact that you, know, uh, uh, you, 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 you cannot control everything. That's right? right. You make the most out of it, right? And the most humble people that I know who are successful, you know, will also always say, right, uh, it depends a lot on luck. Oh, Even though there's yeah. a lot of grit, right? A lot of grit, a lot of hard work, uh, a lot of yeah. foundation. Uh, um, but uh, people always say, you know, there's a huge amount of luck involved as well. Yeah. But the harder you work, the lucky you get too. Yeah. 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 So Warren, uh, peeling back a little bit on, on, on that, um, when people are faced with adversity and all that, can you share with us maybe some secrets of how you develop your framework and how do you refine it over time? I'm pretty sure you had a framework that worked for you in your 20s uh, and then it has probably evolved into something better in your 30s and 40s. Um, how do you get started and probably how do you sharpen it you know, as, as you go forward, a framework? Well, of course, you know, um, the, how one wheels the world would change with the passage of time, right? Mm. You, you get uh, hopefully more mature, right? Uh, um, and you have more knowledge uh, and uh, your, your, your risk parameters will change as well, right? Mm. Uh, and uh, I think the, the other things also, you know, uh, to a certain extent, uh, you learn to manage your own expectations too. Oh, yes, yes. Right? No, I mean, when you're young, you know, I say, oh, I want to be the president of the United States, right? Or I want to be the prime minister, right? I want to be, I want to be a, the yeah, Elon Musk. It's okay to have those kind of lofty dreams, but as you progress older and older, you kind of realize, oh yeah, you know, maybe some things are just beyond the reach, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, this is just reality, right? Yeah, Managing yeah. expectations and uh, knowing how to, to, to cater towards it, but still knowing exactly what is it that you want at a particular point in time and, you know, mm. on a forward-looking basis, right? What else can you mm. do based on what you have? Right. Yeah. So, uh, uh, how has the the framework changed? Uh, uh, for me, you know, it's it's uh, the, the the one thing that constantly re remains is uh, you must always have a sense of direction. Mm. Mm. Yeah. What is it that uh, you you want? What is it that you do not want? Right. Mm. Okay. Both are equally important. Right. Uh, what is yep. it that you want? At least you know uh, you, you 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 tend to move in a certain direction. Directions can change. Right. What you want mm. can also change because your priorities yeah. will change. Right. When you yes. have kids, when you get married, when you meet someone, uh, when you have a, a certain job, right? Uh, or when you discover religion or, or philosophy or, or a, a hobby, right? Uh, or something that you really enjoy, like, like mountaineering or, or mountain biking or painting, right? So priorities can change. Right? But what you do not want, what you do not like, is also very important because you know, then mm. you don't have to waste time, uh, waste time on. 
agenda, waste time on, on, on people, waste time on resources, waste mm. time on mm. uh, 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 distractions. Right? And, and uh, you know, learning how to say no is also another part of making sure that you can stay true to a path. Right? Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the, the other thing that has been always constant in my mind is, yeah, always be open to possibilities. Uh, I think, you know, regardless of uh, adverse conditions, right? Um, uh, when things look hopeless and sometimes, you know, things do look hopeless, right? Mm-hmm. There's always still the, the glimmer, right? Or the opening where mm-hmm. the harder you try, the more possibilities you can open up. I, I have to Great. ask now, was there a situation in your life where something like that happened, where you, you keep going on? And, and in reverse as well, were there situations where you were not open to possibilities and you missed things out? I think, you know, uh, something like this uh, essentially hinges on uh, your worldview, right? Mm. Uh, which to a certain extent, you know, uh, part of it could be nurtured, but a big part of it is really nature. That, mm. okay, that's where, where mm. it, maybe it's genetics, maybe it's just biological, mm. right? Mm. Uh, maybe it's how your brains are, uh, your, your brain is wired in terms of how optimistic you are as a person, uh-huh. mm. right? The optimism, Right, uh, um, uh, the 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 thirst for or the curiosity for knowledge, mm. right? The willingness to 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 take action or the 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 inspiration to spur you to take action, right? So I think a lot of these things are probably ingrained deeply in us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can sharpen it, you can uh, you can accentuate or you can diminish it, right? With nurture, of course, right? But a lot of it, you know, when it comes to the the your internal personality, I think you are born with it. What right. would you say for yourself, nature-wise, almost with a high degree of certainty that you have it? For me, uh, I think you know, from from a relatively young age, uh, I recognized that you know there was always a sense of curiosity, mm-hmm. right? Mm. Uh, curiosity without a real primary reason why you know, right? For its sake, its own yeah, sake. For its own sake, lah, right? You know, why, 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 why do I enjoy reading about certain things? Why do I enjoy exploring about certain things, right? Uh, and uh, what was the benefit of it, or what was the disbenefit of it? Right. Sometimes, you know, I go down a certain path and where the, the, the knowledge in hindsight, you know, doesn't really mean much, right? It doesn't, mm. it doesn't add any value to my day-to-day life, but there's still the, the interest in it, mm. right? And different people will have different interests, of course, right? And, uh, but I think, you know, that there was the, the understanding of curiosity. Uh, uh, that was, a, you know, a, a driver in, 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 in me. Um, uh, second thing is, um, you know, yeah, I suppose, you know, it's ingrained uh, uh, upon me that, you know, uh, or I naturally enjoy working. Mm. For me, work doesn't really feel like work because I enjoy mm. it. Right? Uh, mm. So uh, it becomes kind of like a, a little bit of habit because uh, for me, uh, I suppose the, the principal uh, motivating driver is uh, the impact I could make. Right? I decide on this, I, I open up this door and I, I, I push it through with the help of, you know, this and that that uh, resource or that person uh, and uh, overall it results in a benefit not just to myself but for people around Everybody, me or, yeah. or people I wanted to 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 I suppose uh, uh, influence or cast a positive impact right, right? so so the impact is the, the principal driver in terms of you know why I do enjoy working mm. I, I have so many more questions on this and I know John has as well but we have to move on uh, we haven't reached uh, magic yet um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, 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 but actually before that, right, I was looking through your profile and there's this very interesting thing which you ran for nearly six years, which is uh, Warren's Big Ideas. Okay. Yes. What is that? 
But basically, it's just an accumulation of all the few ideas that I've had, if you think about it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right? Okay. So, so yeah, I, I did a, an online dating app with a friend. Hey, uh, oh, okay. uh, I, I did an education tech social network. Okay, okay. Uh, I also uh, had a children's books uh, 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 platform called Amazing okay. Fables, right? And we were selling uh, you know, customized children's books, right? But every single failure that I've had had taught me something that mm. allows me to take on the next step and uh, accumulate everything together, right? Maybe you know, sometimes you say, you know, all these uh, experiences that you go through could create a self-selective bias. Mm-hmm. Because, okay, you know, okay. I've gone through it before, I've tried it before, it doesn't work, right? Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, it, it limits my own possibilities, right? But on the other hand, it also gives me a more calibrated feel on what's possible and uh, yeah. what, why it didn't work. Why mm. didn't it work, right? And uh, if I were to try something else, you know, uh, what are things yeah. to avoid? Right, right, example, right, 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 right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, in, in my case, let's say, for example, the children's books uh, business called Amazing Fables, right? Uh, in theory, it, was, it sounded great. You know, I didn't have to spend too much capex, okay? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I, uh, it, it, it could be uh, operationalized uh, on, on a dropshipping basis, meaning that, you know, you customize the book, you know, it gets sent over to a printer, they print, they send it, you know, I don't have to do too much. Right, uh, the the margins were there in theory, um, you know, after factoring, shipping, and also printing, uh, and then uh, you know it could scale, right? Uh, uh, but uh, um, you know the, the 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 issue at that point in time, you know, after uh, executing a uh, and it could scale because it was content, it's content based. You mm. create a piece of content, you know, you just let it be, right? You know, you, then your 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 gross margin becomes uh, for for the content piece, you know, uh, becomes uh, very very high. Uh, but uh, what I learned also, you know. I don't want to get into this kind of operational stuff anymore in terms of um, e-commerce fulfillment across that's, the many that's stakeholders. That's not in your genes. Like that, you that, that's not in my genes. No, not, I think it's not that it's not in my genes. Oh. It's a challenging business model. I see. It's a challenging business model because, uh, yeah, I mean, you have too many different variables and then yeah. with COVID, yeah. right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, you have to rely on a printer. Uh, you have to rely on shipping. Things get lost in shipping. You know, you have uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, tax taxation you know, when it comes to cross-border shipping as well. You know, and, uh, yeah. and when, when it's uh, a con- consumer-centric stuff and it's, you know, the basket uh, uh, size is not that high and it's, yeah. uh, it's more of a nice to have. Uh, you know, there, there are challenges in terms of repeat orders, et cetera, right. et cetera, right? So, so, so that also informed me on the kind of business models that I want to get involved in and the kind of business models that I don't want to get involved in. So I have to ask you about the dating apps because I was a heavy user of dating apps. So why do you think that didn't, I uh, know, I'd love to ask you why all of your all of these ideas didn't work out. But, you know, we, again, we have to move on to magic, right? But I have to ask uh, with regards to the, to the dating app, why okay. do you think it didn't work out? Okay, so I can give you a very clear explanation, right? And okay, I understand okay. a, a lot about the dating apps, okay, right? Because okay. uh, we look through every single thing. Um, uh-huh. So... When, when, when my friend and I were starting a, a, the, the dating platform, I wouldn't call it an application at that point in time, right? Uh, because smartphones were just getting launched. Yeah. Uh, still early on. Yeah, yeah. Right? So uh, iPhone so 2, iPhone 3 kind of era. Right? Even before that, I before think it's still a, a web, um, mm, mm. A mobile web, mm. or just a 3G uh, type of uh, right. uh, uh, um, evolution, right? So uh, it was at the point when uh, Match.com and eHarmony was still the, the norms, mm. right? And then mm. you had the second generation and dating platforms like Zoosk, uh, you know, uh, OkCupid okay, just about to come out, right? At that point in time. It's uh, pre-Tinder, right? Pre-Tinder, so, right? right? We right, started right. about a year or two uh, pre-Tinder. So right. it was still web-based, but uh, you know, you had tablets ready. No, you had, you had tablets, you can, you can view things. And we were trying to do things on an... Uh, 
uh, on a synchronous manner, meaning that both both parties need to be online at the same time. Oh, ah. all right. So so you see, uh, uh, there therein you know lies the problem of market market design, right? You need yeah, yeah. Uh, you need sufficient uh, supply and demand, or uh, you know, uh, two sites, and then they need to be uh, online at the same time. And we were uh, basing on the premise of chatting, live. Right, so think about it as MIRC, but you know it's something uh, richer to to essentially spur the conversation, right? Right. Uh, and uh, when Tinder came along, I, I realized immediately, oh yeah, there is a problem fundamentally with regards to the market design, because you know uh, dating apps work for, on two principles, hmm. right? Uh, okay, and then you have other factors, right? One is it has to be uh, you know uh, easy to use and asynchronous. Mean that you don't have to be constantly on, right? But as long as there's a match or whatsoever, that's the beauty of Tinder, right? Then you you have a choice to 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 reply or exchange, right? Second thing is that you know the reality is with, uh, with dating apps in general is forget about all, you can forget a lot about you know uh, the data you know the the the, the details right the, the principal driver seventy eighty percent of it is actually about the looks hundred percent mm. right this is just mm-hmm. the reality of it right? yes that's right so so uh, Tinder started off as a hookup app. Right, mm. uh, some would uh, say it still is. Still, know? still is right. Yeah. Uh, or, 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 but uh, essentially, you know, the, the thing that pulls you there is actually the looks, right? First, and then after that, you, you delve deeper into you know uh, different attributes. You know, what's the percentage match? So, the the percentage of people who are looking for serious matches, which we were trying to cater to, is actually a very very small percentage of it, mm. because the vast majority of use cases of uh, uh, dating apps in general is that you know, it's really satisfied by the fact that you know. Uh, 70, 80% of the weight just goes into how you present yourself with yeah. a profile picture, mm. right? How, how attractive you make yourself look, right? Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I mean, uh, uh, we, we realized then, and then I just uh, killed the project and then I pivoted into something else. Uh, mm. So I went, mm. I went to a uh, learning platform. So I built an LMS, uh, learning management yeah. system. I also built a, you know, a series of I have 50 over uh, education apps at that point in time, uh, which you could use to, to revise for your, your SPM subjects or huh. uh, A-level subjects or O-level subjects. This and was pre-Udemy days, I guess. Pre-Udemy, uh, around the pre- same time, but you know, the smartphones were just uh, take, uh, beginning to become mainstream, right? See. But at that point in time, kids didn't really have their own smartphones yet. Because mm. you know, uh, it was still the first gen- generation or second generation that the not enough hand-me-down devices were getting passed down yet. I see. I see. Right, because at that point in time, you don't buy kids a new smartphone, right? You you yeah, give yeah, them right. your old ones, right? Uh, but nonetheless, you know, I, uh, you know, I had uh, sixty thousand uh, installs for my SPM Sajara app as an example, right? Mm. Um, uh, but uh, then the problem with that was the the struggle of monetization. How could I, I essentially see. get money of it, especially when it comes to ad tech? So I will also understand. Uh, the, the 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 difficulties when it comes to education tech as a whole, mm. right? Mm. Who is going to pay the money? The students, the teachers, <laughs> the, no students, the parents, the teachers, the schools, the districts, the government, <laughs> right? Who who pays for it? Yeah, who right? foots the bill? And where where is the size of the market at the end of the day? Mm. Yeah, right. Um, you know the the the, the multi billion dollar industry uh, in Malaysia alone, right, wasn't really in the education apps itself, but rather in private tuition. Yes. Oh yes. Oh. Right. This is reality. Yes. We all grow up with tuition, right? Yeah. How we spend Suffice. a few hundred yeah. ringgit a, a, a month on tuition. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, and yeah. and you know, most kids still spend. You know, especially when it comes to urban environments. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Middle class and above, right? Everybody pays for tuition. Uh, so that that's the the real multi-billion dollar uh, business, oh, even right. within a, a relatively small market in Malaysia alone. 
Yeah, and of yeah, course the number even, of SPM students will diminish over time as population decline, right? Would you say, was that the calculation? You uh, making no, that, well? that wasn't the case, right? Uh, uh, when I went to Atay, you know, uh, I could see that the, uh, uh, at the end of it, right, uh, the, the, the markets will, will gravitate towards uh, private top-up tuition, just uh, like what happened in China, or mm, mm. test preparation. Mm. Right, test prep, you know, you talk about Kaplan's and, and, and the rest, right? Because, Look, uh, so my, my, my mistake at that point in time was I assumed that most, most of the kids would study. Huh. Mm. Right? But the reality <laughs> is that, you know, those who really, really study will be five, 10% on the market. Right? Very and, small, uh, very, 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 very small, right? Yeah, Sounding, those, yeah. those who really want to uh, revise on top, right? Uh, so the, the question is, you know, which, which market do you, do you target again? How, how do you try to hit most of the, 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 the larger segments? Right, yeah. John, I know yeah. you have a question, Even, right? Yeah, even I was just wanting to, you know, uh, just add on to what uh, Warren was saying about uh, targeting the market because I was just pulling up the numbers while Warren was talking about Saspadi, you know, one of the largest publishers in, in Malaysia. And even they are struggling because, you know, how many people, people buy books just to get the results they want. Um, and you rightly pointed out uh, providers like Kaplan, but the books are only valuable if the tuition teacher recommends it. <laughs> I, I, I thought of it, I, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts There's on that? There's one part, I mean, if you think about it, right? Who makes the most money? Yeah. The tuition teachers or Saspadi itself? The tuition teachers are yeah. always- Yeah, look, you want to buy a, you know, a, a book, right? 30 bucks, 10 bucks, right? Yeah. How much does the tuition teacher charge? Yeah. 100 bucks a month. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, so, 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 yeah. you know, the, 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 value, uh, uh, creation and, and accrual actually goes into, you know, uh, the services sector, right? Mm. Rather than just, uh, the, the tools. I mean, you know, uh, I, I've met, you know, the, 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 the uh, operators of Saspadi and Pelangi before during, during my, mm. my, um, you know, guru app days. Right. So, you know, uh, I understand, you know, the, the, the business, at least from, from the outside in view. Um, and, and if you compare against, um, you know, uh, where the, the vast majority of the value creation or accrual right, really is in the sort of the revenue streams, right? It's actually not in the business of publishing, but rather yeah. in the business of servicing, mm. right? Or in the business of, uh, you know, if you know somebody, you, 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 you make a, you, you, you launch a big project, you get the government to pay for it. Mm. Oh, of yeah. Course. Okay. <laughs> right. uh, so <laughs> like the yes program, no? the broadband oh, yeah. rollout. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, um, uh, I, I don't know too much about such, such projects. <laughs> so I, I will refrain mm. from, from okay. commenting on things that I'm not that familiar <laughs> about. So speaking of the government uh, magic, right? Um, the government, at least from the outside, are not known to be a very entrepreneurial uh, type of people. And yet here we have uh, government getting involved, right? In incubation and all that. What was it like being at magic? So I was at magic about seven years ago already, seven, eight years yes, ago. Yes. Right? Uh, you mm. know, uh, we we were the pioneer bunch, you know, uh, and uh, we ran a lot of programs. Uh, and it was under Cheryl Yeo, who was the founding CEO. Uh, but and I was uh, I was handling uh, quite a lot of the core programs, the accelerator program, mm. investor relations, ed education programs, etc. Right? Uh, uh, I would say, you know, the the intention or the intent from the government is there because you need to spur entrepreneurship as a way to, mm. I suppose, you know, inspire a sense of culture. Uh, for mm. people to be entrepreneurial, uh, you also need to cultivate the next generation of SMBs, uh, which then grow into large companies and provide employment and inject you know externalities into the whole local yes. economy. Uh, mm -hmm. You also want to to uh, transition um, the the uh, economy into you know, uh, developing uh, across the value chain, right? And you 
digitally empower um, uh, the 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 businesses as well as you know the ecosystem, and then you can you can upgrade your economy, right? Uh, the intention has always been there. Mm-hmm. It has been there for uh, all these governments, yeah. right? Any government, right? It has been there for fifty years, sixty huh. years, thirty years, twenty years, ten <laughs> years, 50, five years, right? Uh, because uh, yeah, I mean, uh, because that's the, the 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 framework to always to want to do it, right? Then the question is more about the execution. Correct. Right. Uh, do you uh, have the foundations right? Do you actually uh, bring it into the real fruition, uh, or uh, is it gonna stay uh, at a conceptual level? Right. right? Mm-hmm. At a white paper level, at a budgetary announcement level, right? Mm. Um, uh, but what is the measurable outcome out of it? The end of it. Right. So I was saying, you know, the the, the intention was there, um, uh, and uh, the intention has always been there. The intention is still there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, by and large, you have anecdotal examples and evidences that you know there were some success cases here and there, right? In yeah. any any government program, you know, there will always be uh, examples that can be thrown in to support, right? Uh, you know, the, the the KPIs or or, or the reports. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, the, the 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 government that I respect the most uh, when it comes to running such programs is actually the Singaporean government, mm-hmm. because mm. when they say they want to do something, they think about it in the long term, and their execution is laser focused. Mm. All right, and you can see it bearing fruit over 20, 30 years, twenty years, ten years, five years. Mm. Mm-hmm. From how they start off with the semiconductors to how they go into you know in the internet companies and now you know fintech and uh, making it uh, kind of like a tech or fintech hub, holding mm. companies together. And now we're not even talking about creating unicorns in Singapore; they are creating decacons, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, yes. uh, employing thousands of people. Yeah, in an expensive country like Singapore. Yes, right. Tell me, you know, why can Singapore do it and not Malaysia? Why has Malaysia failed to do so? It's not because the intent isn't there. It's not because you know the concepts aren't there, right? It's because of the execution. So I like to peel yeah. deeper about this execution, uh, Warren, because and I, obviously, and I'm trying to link it to the con- consulting days that you have. A lot of this ideation, you know, you have this formulation of these strategies, mm-hmm. but always when it comes to execution, that that that's where they struggle. Why is it a, a case of if you? trace it back to the roots, a case of our education system or our ecosystem within this environment that does not allow that kind of execution. Uh, Is that because of the drive? Because Silicon Valley didn't need some sort of an incubator. They had university incubators, you know, uh, uh, fragmented kind of incubators rather than a concentrated government want to do it. And here we have the full might of the government being there and yet execution is still lacking, you see. Uh, so, uh, I mean, there are always efforts to execute, right, uh, in yeah. general. Uh, but for me, you know, it's a, it's a function of maybe a few things. Uh. One is uh, okay. whether or not uh, there's the actual foresight and the vision mm. that spans five years, ten years, decades continuously, right? Mm, 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 and you mm, keep mm. a sense of direction. Right. Mm, mm. Right. Uh, do we have that? Uh, or uh, in general, it's a, a series of discontinuous uh, programs. They are, tend mm. to be repeats of themselves. And sometimes you, you have to be politically expedient. Mm. <laughs> right? Uh, uh, um, uh, which to a certain extent, maybe it adds on or maybe it detracts mm. right, from the outcome that you want to achieve. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
what maybe rather than um uh, looking at the flaws of what Malaysia has, what can Malaysia learn from Singapore when they had kind of laser focus? Was it the duration of the key people running it was long? Was there also uh, implementation of projects that were more long term focused in nature? I I think the uh, I I wouldn't really uh, attribute to let's say the tenure of people, right? Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Maybe that that's one element of it, but it's more about the tenure of the vision. Mm. What is what is your your twenty year roadmap? Mm. What is your thirty year roadmap? Yeah. Right? Uh, uh, Singapore is really looking ahead and say, look, I want to make Singapore the crypto center of the world, mm. the fintech center of the world. I want to make Singapore uh, 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 be a leader in robotics, right? In artificial intelligence. Uh, but when they say, I want to make Singapore a leader, they actually believe with conviction that they can mm. make it a leader. Mm-hmm. Right? Whereas over here, you know, we always say we want to make ourselves leaders, blah, 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 but it's mostly just writing on paper, right? Um, because you tell me, right? Which, in which particular industries have Malaysia made ourselves leaders? There's the palm oil industry that's mostly private sector driven, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe semiconductor. Uh, semiconductor, you know, it's but that you can also say it's through the good graces of Intel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Correct. Right. Uh, and uh, you know, uh, on the other hand, maybe Islamic uh, uh, you know, finance. Financing. Okay. Uh, with a stable, relatively re- stable regulatory framework, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right. But when it comes to the new economies, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, I've not seen anything where they say, you know, I want to make Malaysia the, uh, the, the, the world leader when it comes to electric vehicles, right? Or at least have a world-class industry in that space. Mm. Right? You might get, uh, you know, some investors coming through MIDA or through uh, uh, METI, you know, coming yeah. to set up uh, operations over here. But again, you know, and you, you, you have a lot of, very, very nice slide decks, right? And, and reports <laughs> from McKinsey or, or the Boston Consulting Group, right? Um, you know, or, or any of these consulting companies uh, as a whole, right? Uh, but the key thing is that, you know, uh, the, the fortitude to be able to see it through and the fortitude to be able to dedicate the right amount of resources. Mm. Singapore is willing to bet billions of dollars Mm-hmm. Because they know, right? If you build an economy, it's going to be uh, worth a few hundred billion dollars to the Singaporean economy. Mm-hmm. Right? Whereas over here, you, know, you and I, we're having a conversation about magic right now. Right? Yeah. But, and that operational OPEX, a single year is just 50 million ringgit at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. right? So you compare against, you know, the skill that's required and why you need that kind of skill. Yeah. Right? Mm. The kind of decisions that you need to make. Why mm. would Singapore actively go out there to look for the Anthony Tans or the Forest Lees uh, and you know the um, the the CZs of Binance yeah. right, to move over mm. to Singapore? Mm. Do you see Malaysia doing such things? Nope. Or having the 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 the, uh, the political uh, capital to do such things? Or the continuity, or 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 um, yeah, I mean, just looking at it from big picture, and the answer course, is no, course. right? Even the MM two H pro uh, program, right? You know, with uh, with yeah. uh, with oh, the COVID, you know, uh, it has its own challenges, right? Yeah. So, uh, it's the, the the fortitude, the vision, and also the the willingness and the backbone to really push it through, la. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. you know, with regards to that, uh, you know, that's 
probably where the Lee Kuan Yew spirit came in, in Singapore. Here you have the Mati yeah. spirit, you know, we try with Proton, you try with Pawaja, you know, at least there were mega projects, you know, there were bets, right? Whether or not some pan out, some, some didn't pan out, you know, at least there's the kind of, uh, I want to build a heavy industry, industry for Malaysia. Mm-hmm. There's at least a vision. There's a vision, right? I, because I want to build an industry, right? Uh, uh, it, could, it could fail, right? But if it works, the industry will spill over effects. I'm going to create a few hundred thousand engineers, uh, you know, and it has, a, a, it could create an entire supply chain whatsoever. Now you tell me, you know, where, where, is, where is this kind of a vision over the past 20 years? Have Actually, we even- you saying that, Warren, uh, it's so funny. I just read something yesterday that uh, uh, if you've read, um, Najib actually came out with a statement saying that um, please make sure Sapura Energy doesn't go bankrupt because you'll lose 4,500 jobs. So in a way, it's kind of like a contrast. In a way, it is, uh, the government needs to put crutches on the industry they were trying to build create a high industry and here 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 we have to bail them out instead rather than you put in certain money you put in a bed and it grows the industry itself and it brings in money this is the op- opposite you know so you try so, to create an industry and you pour more money inside yeah i i, I don't fully believe in bailouts sometimes bailouts are uh, unavoidable right especially yeah. when it comes to uh, national interests or whatsoever right but on yeah. the other hand you know there's also the issue of moral hazard oh yes right oh yes uh, you can build companies, right, uh, or industries. Sometimes things don't work out and you need to be comfortable with that risk. Yes. If it dies, it dies, right? But you have spillover effects, right? Yes. The fact that Nokia died in Finland doesn't mean that, you know, there were no baby Nokias that came out of yes. the whole wreckage. You yeah. have some of the world-class gaming companies in the mobile space are actually finished. Yes. Yeah, right? Uh, Singapore, so, you know, it had high flux of darling, right? Oh, oh yeah. Of, yeah. Uh, 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 you know, uh, water treatment. Right, uh, and I think Toronto was ex-Malaysian as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? correct. The uh, so, but but you, it went it went down. So 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 be it, right? Yeah, yeah. So be yeah, it. Uh, 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 you have uh, one that goes down, but you have ten that succeeds. Yeah, and I, I think that's a great point. Uh, rather, it, it should kind of like let capitalism takes its force uh, rather than trying to weave uh, or trying to put it on crutches or whatever. Because no, as I was reflecting as you said that, uh, you know about taking big bets and then seeing the returns versus, you know, taking big bets and then putting putting more money. <laughs> that, 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 that's that's where the contrast of Yeah, you, you must know when to cut your losses, right? Of course, you know, different yeah. countries will have their own comparative advantages, right? And relative Correct. advantages. But uh, back to the point about ecosystem, right? Uh, I think yeah. the reason why Singapore is able to do it in comparison to many other governments out there, I'm not singling out Malaysia, I'm just talking about in general, Yeah. right? Okay. It's because of the planning, because of the fortitude, because of the mm. resources they are willing to pl- uh, place into it, and because of the discipline, mm. right, and the willingness to to decide based on a longer term, true north of 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 the country itself. Here, here, here's my question to you, then, Warren. Should that be a government sector initiative, or private, private sector initiative, or a partnership? In your opinion, I mean, most countries those have their PPPs, those, yeah, uh, uh, you yeah. know. Uh, private sector, you know, partnerships or whatsoever, right? Um, if you look at China, a lot of it was actually driven by the SOEs, which are also inefficient. Uh, yes, uh, but but yes. nonetheless, you, 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 we cannot argue against the scale at which, you know, they grow the economy, right? Uh, <laughs> Correct. Uh, whether or not it's over leverage or, you know, different disincentives, right? Like they have their own problems and challenges, right? Even companies like, uh, you know, uh, uh, I think uh, Lenovo, et cetera, you know, they all had their, their, their ties into government research at one point in time. Right. Yes. Uh, 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 per se. Right. Uh, but uh, that that they were able to create the industry, 
right? They mm. were able to create the private sector, they were able to create a supply chain, and then, you know, mm. uh, through government subsidies first or whatsoever, and then after that, you throw it open to the world, the competition, and there's internal mm. competition because chi in China, everything is so competitive. Correct. Right? And the competitiveness is the one that spurs excellence. Precisely, precisely. Yeah, because yes. the Singaporean community and the Singaporean culture is a lot more competitive by design. Mm -hmm. Right again, based on the Lee Kuan Yew philosophy. Right? Correct. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it creates people who are hardier, and uh, they know that you know it's a dog in the world, right? You have its own Correct. stresses, right? But because you know, uh, if you want to rise to the top, uh, it spurs the excellence, and ultimately, you know, the the. The, the 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 those who survive right uh, uh, the Spartans like <laughs> three hundred Spartans whatever right yeah <laughs> yes. uh, uh, are the ones who ultimately be be uh, uh, be be driving a, a a big part of the the uh, the the possibilities of creating new stuff mm. right and you need to have the kind of, the kind of uh, meritocratic excellence to a certain extent mm. spot on spot on yeah that's great that's great. You know, I think um, uh, this would be my last question about this before we move on to um, what you're working on right now. And, you know, building on John's question, right? Do you think given sort of the instability of politics in Malaysia, because I believe that, that when you compare two countries, right? The big difference is that especially in this period of uh, our political history, it is the most unstable. Um, do you think that it's realistic to... Uh, expect the government to have what you say, the vision, the discipline and yeah. all that. And do you think really it's just kind of Malaysians just doing it themselves? I, uh, my gut feel is that over the next, uh, you know, uh, 20 years, 30 years, you know, we just have to do it ourselves. Like. Fantastic. Right? Uh, uh, yeah. and, and that should be the default, uh, default view for anybody across any country anyway. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, uh, the government should be seen as an enabler. Mm. Get right. out of the way. So not not say get out of the way, like you know, uh, when their uh, programs mm. or or resources, you know, they extend a helping hand, um, they give tax breaks, you know, all these things are they are helpful. Um, you use it as a way to to really uh, add on to your repertoire of tools uh, to build something. Mm. Right, because your job as an entrepreneur, as an executive, as a as a CEO, uh, is to make the most out of the resources that you can get access to, whether we're talking about private Spot sector on. or the public sector. Right, yeah, it doesn't yeah, matter. Right? So the key things are, yeah, um, uh, to you have to operate independently to survive, regardless of whoever's in power, right? Uh, but uh, my my own personal philosophy is, you know, it's always better to be able to build a business which is not dependent on whoever's in power as well. That's right. That's, That's right. So there's more resilience into the business and more, you know, more rather than grants. Uh, yeah. yeah. More resilience in the business and at the end of it, business is business, politics is politics. Of course, sometimes you will say big big business mixes with big politics, <laughs> right? <laughs> in, in one country or another, right? And, yes. and in, in most countries in general, you know, the government is still the largest spender uh, when it comes to Correct. capex or direct injection or stimulus. Mm -hmm. Right, of course, yeah, right. Into, into the whole thing, right? Um, uh, but 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 for me, you know, uh, my, my own personal philosophy is, you know, try to build something, you know, uh, that's independent of of um, the 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 government. Yeah. But you know, if there's the opportunity to work with them, then work with them, right? Uh, yeah. But it shouldn't be really a, an us versus them kind of thing. Correct. Right, right. uh, it mm. needs to go hand in hand. 
but to answer your question, MJ, with regards to you know what, what the view is gonna be, I would suggest that you know learn. I mean, in general, you know, uh, learn how to operate independent of the government. Mm. Right? Uh, and make make the most of uh, whatever you have uh, right now. Fantastic. So let's talk a little bit now about, uh, actually John, do you have any more questions on this? No, no, portion? go, go. Okay, so let's talk a little bit now about what you're working on, which is a design.ai and of course, Imagine. So I'm not sure if there are two companies that are cohesive, but yeah, I'll let you do the explaining. Got it, right. So uh, right now I'm the interim group CEO of Imagine. Imagine is one of the world's leading creative ecosystems and one of the larger internet companies built up here in Malaysia. Um, you know, uh, operationally we're based in Kalanajaya, uh, but you know, our business is truly global in the sense that uh, most of our revenues are from US, Europe, and the rest of APEC right now, which we, we consist of uh, Japan, Korea, Taiwan, China, and Australasia. Mm -hmm. um, we have a few uh, business units under Imagine. We have one to three RF, which is an uh, a marketplace of content, uh, mm -hmm. you know, stock content that you use for your presentations, for your footage sure. files, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. We have Pixlr, which is uh, one of the world's most popular uh, web-based photo editors and, and graphic editors. So if you are to Google Photoshop online, you come across pixlr.com, uh, where mm. uh, principally you know, it's used by more than 10 million users on a monthly basis. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We also have designs.ai, which is an AI-powered uh, content creation platform. But our, mm -hmm. our uh, ultimate goal uh, with regards to the whole ecosystem is really to empower anybody to be able to create stuff in a smarter, faster, and easier way, making design mm. accessible to all, right? So the, the market that we are playing in is the same kind of market as what Adobe is playing in or what Canva is playing in, and, right? Uh, yeah. uh, or what Shutterstock or Getty Images are playing in. That's right. Right? Uh, and and uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a huge market. If you refer to the Adobe strategy deck, it's roughly about $40 billion a year, right? Mm. Adobe sells $9 billion a year of Adobe Creative Cloud. Right, which would wow. be a Photoshop or Illustrator or Premiere, which Jonathan will be using to actually edit, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the videos, right? Um, and then you've got Canva, right, where the revenues are approaching a billion dollars a year right now. Oh yeah, yeah, it's mm. amazing. We yeah, use uh, it as well. For yeah, our exactly. Books, yeah. Then you should definitely try Pixlr too. It's free to use. I, as well. I, I will definitely try it out now. <laughs> right. So, 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 um, yeah, we're we're in that space, lah. Right. Uh, so it's 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 you you can call it uh you know a digital ecosystem yeah, right, right in the right. creative space. We're completely bootstrapped. Uh, we have uh, nearly 300 employees globally. Um, uh, it's founded by a husband and wife team, Andy and Stephanie Sid, whom uh, we have a lot of huge respect for. Um, and now, you know, the next phase of our evolution is what's next for us? Right? How do we grow to the next mm. level? Which are the new uh, business models we need to look into? Uh, how do we uh, essentially plan for our next step of corporate strategy? Right. Mm. Right, right. I, I have to ask, you know, because you're going up against, uh, I'm not sure if that's the right word to use, but you know, you seem to be going up against some of these big guys, right? You know, you use Getty Images. I use it uh, as well. Um, um, whether it's Canva, whether it's Adobe, like how do you decide uh, to either compete or to operate alongside these big giants in the field? Okay, uh, um, it's it's a it's a question of strategy. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a question of you know uh, trying to make the most of the resources or uh, the uh, whether we're talking about financial or we're talking about people or whether we're talking about you know just uh, time, right? Uh, to to fit in. Of course, when you have a lot more money, you can do a lot more things, mm -hmm. right? Um, so so in in our particular case, uh, we've been uh, quite. Uh, economical in terms of how we deploy our resources. Huh. 
right? Uh, we'll be very careful. We will bootstrap all the well. We balance between profitability and uh, investing to capex as well as the required opex for growth. Um, uh, I think you know the the way to answer the question really is prioritization, right? Right. Um, and 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 um, identify again what is the true north, and act with a certain conviction. Mm. Right. I wouldn't say we, we, are, we are truly there yet. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, every di- business at its different phase would have different challenges, right? Uh, but the foundation is there. The foundation has taken 20 years to build, right? Mm. Uh, over time. Uh, from the, the base of where we are, the customer base, uh, to the acquisitions that we've made, to the people that we've recruited, uh, to the roadmap that we want to achieve, to the network that we have built. Right? You know, right now, you know, the, the industry is not that big, right? The... the, the the peers that I speak to will be uh, the equivalents of the CEO of um, you know Getty or Envato or uh, the founders of uh, Canva and, and the likes, right? So the question is, you know, how can we build something bigger from mm. from where we are right now? So what is the true north? I guess. Well, uh, we will hope to build a you know a large multi billion dollar business over time, right? Uh, we've got the raw components over there across our whole ecosystem, uh, more than twenty five million users on a monthly basis. Mm. Um, and the, the key thing is how do we actually activate the monetization uh, in order to, to pump, draw in more revenues as a part of a share, right? Um, the whole market, as I mentioned, is about $40 billion right now, right? Uh, we, have, we don't have 2 or 3% of the, the, the revenues of the potential, far from it, right? Far, far mm. from it. But we have 2 or 3% of the traffic. Ah, okay. Right? So the, the, the question is, you know, how do we essentially uh, try to build on the foundation that we have? And try to puff across, right? Uh, that's why, you know, one of the things that we are looking at is also, you know, to do uh, a fundraising route. Because, you know, when you bootstrap and you're spending your own money, balancing mm-hmm. between profitability and capex and opex uh, investments and also marketing, right? Mm. Um, uh, um, it's, uh, you, you, it, it's difficult to fight the game at scale when you have much well-funded competitors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on, on, on this alone, uh, I probably has two, two questions. The first one with regards to a lot of times this stock images and all that is really about somewhat of the IP and, and, and in somewhat, would that be a hindrance factor for you guys because of the market that you are in? I mean, the where the business is based in, in Malaysia versus the guys who are outside. With the, uh, is that a disadvantage for you? If it's not, why? If it, it is, why? Uh, second question is with regards to talent pool and the ecosystem around here. Uh, is that something going forward uh, is a struggle for you guys or do you find it easy because of the new wave of uh, people can work remotely and all that kind of thing to actually grow this? Because I think competition doesn't just look at capital, capital like what you've mentioned. Uh, I, I do agree it plays a very big part, but capital, if you have all the capital in the world, but you can't find the right talent to want to move, work here and all that kind of thing, it, it's also a struggle or, or do correct me if I'm wrong, you know, from your perspective. Okay, so uh, you were talking about advantages and disadvantages of operating out here, right? Uh, yeah, for, for a global right. internet company. Question. So yeah. uh, there, there are uh, two sides to the whole thing, right? One is that, uh, of course, in the fact that we are here and we are not in the US uh, yeah. uh, makes a, a big difference. Um, mm. you know, 
in comparison to let's say a player like Shutterstock or Getty, you know, they can walk down Madison, uh, you know, uh, Avenue right in New York and speak to all the four A agencies and get this That's large right. into the companies That's to right. their customers, right? Uh, and sell yes. at the enterprise level, right? Yeah. Uh, the the market depth, the market access, you know, the, uh -huh. the, the to a certain extent maybe some parts of the credibility uh, plays 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 a role. Um, mm. But on the other hand, there's also the advantage of operating in a lower cost environment like Malaysia. Mm. Right, where salaries are, uh, uh, you know, a quarter or a third in comparison to a higher cost country. Um, yeah. So, uh, pros and cons, lah. Right, it really depends. Yeah. Uh, but I think yeah. you know, technology companies are also uh, a point where sometimes it's not about the the volume of labor that you can throw at it, but the efficiency mm -hmm. of the labor. Mm -hmm. Right. There's always a saying: you know, one good engineer is better than ten mediocre ones. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, because you know. Uh, 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 use technology to automate or to, to move things, right? Um, so so uh, after a certain scale, right, the, the volume of labor doesn't play that much of an importance anymore. Hence the reason why you have uh, humongously profitable companies, the likes of which have never been seen before, being built mm -hmm. out of a country like the US where things are so expensive. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't yes. matter if Google pays a few hundred thousand dollars for their engineers because they make a few hundred billion dollars in revenue a year correct right with microsoft correct. with apple with amazon right uh, yes. and with facebook yeah. right uh, so it, it it doesn't matter because they can't afford to yes uh, because the business models allow them to the technology and uh, the efficiency which they're able to act out of it right allows them to and to hire the best right so so uh that's that's one part of it right? um and it, it, it segues into your, your second uh question on whether or not we can yeah. find the right talent yeah, to some extent, yes, uh, here and there. But even Malaysia is very competitive. It's very competitive all mm. around the world, uh, mm -mm. right? Uh, you've got uh, you know, wonderful companies like Carlson and Grab, you know, uh, hiring, right? And they're well funded. Uh, you know, I've got a lot of good friends who are a company like Carlson, uh, you know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right? Mm. Uh, you know, CoinGecko, you know, is yeah. is is a fantastic company you know, that that's yeah. uh, doing great, right? Uh, we we are doing okay as well. Uh, uh, but again, you know, uh, when you bootstrap company uh, and and you know uh, you are not as well funded as a well funded venture back company, right? Mm -hmm. The the ability and the flexibility that we can play uh, with in terms of you know uh, talent hiring and um, etc. is a little bit different. So we need to strike a balance between the value proposition that we offer to our employees. Uh, but um, there is one point where there is still a scarcity of talent. Mm. Yeah, here in Malaysia or in Singapore or in Thailand or Indonesia or <laughs> wherever, right? Everybody mm -hmm. wants the same street, uh, uh, limited pool that's mm -hmm. not growing as fast as <laughs> where the industries Demand are, uh, 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 are growing into, right? Simply because, you know, there's a huge movement of digitization and uh, automation and also, you know, uh, moving to cloud and, and building new businesses which require technical people. It's also partially your fault, Warren. You didn't study as an engineer. I'm ah, just kidding. I'm just kidding. That, 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 that's true. So that, but you know, once, yeah, you, yeah. once you once you reach a certain stage, so you know you shouldn't be touching code yourself, also, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but in hindsight, yes. Um, you know, if there's any young people asking me, hey, I, I'm a certain of what uh what I want to do, what I can do, then the first thing I will ask is, are you good with math? And if mm. you're good with math, you can go and study engineering first. You can still become an accountant later on. Yeah. yeah. Right. Or you can be a business, right? Yeah. Study a technical subject. Uh, uh, because you know uh, the, the 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 math uh, will come in handy. Hundred percent. Yeah. So I I want to get your thoughts on, you know, managing a company with what three hundred employees, right? Yeah, What's that yeah. like? 
the difficulties and challenges, you know. We're we a team of seven, right, John? And it, it's already yeah. like, hey, I don't think we need any more so far. <laughs> right? uh, but yeah, 300, how, how, how do you do it? Nearly 300. Uh, I think, you know, uh, different companies have different challenges. Uh, different roles have different challenges as well. In my particular case, you know, I'm someone who's six years into the company. Um, mm -hmm. And their, their founders are still around and, you know, they've entrusted me to try to help to, to bring it to the next level. They're on the other hand as well, you know, we also have a, uh, a good senior management team who, uh, by and large, you know, more experienced than me in this business, mm. uh, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and they, they offer a wealth of their, 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 their knowledge and the, the contribution. And, you know, it's also through their backbreaking labor, uh, along with the founders that have built the company into what it is today, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, so uh, you know, in my particular case, it's more about, you know, what's the value add I can bring? Mm. Uh, uh, together, right? Uh, um, uh, instead of keeping status quo, uh, that's not the case, right? Uh, but uh, bring it to 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 the next level with a different perspective, uh, with different networks or different ways of thinking, whilst at the same time making the most out of what we have right now mm. to prepare ourselves for the future, right? And to make something, you know, at, at, at a bigger scale together. Understood. Nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, MJ, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. Uh, uh, I know you have a question. Sorry. Yeah. So, you know, I'm trying to link this to to uh, actually the magic and ecosystem that we've discussed earlier. Um, correct my perception if it's wrong. Um, a lot of Malaysian entrepreneurs are very hardy. Well, obviously, you, you think that the Singaporeans, uh, because of the ecosystem and the way it's set up, they're also very sturdy, very hardy. Uh, but in Malaysia, there's a lot of, uh, for the lack of a better word, money, uh, political incentives that may have marginalized certain, certain uh, parts of a society. And because of that, they have to strive even harder. Um, where I'm, I'm leading towards this is that despite all these uh, somewhat negative connotations of, of Malaysian policies, you find companies like 123RF that grow. What do you think is the kind of like their perseverance formula to, to overcome all this? I mean, I'm pretty sure you've seen uh, stones or curveballs being thrown at these entrepreneurs and even in your days of magic and, and yet they thrive, you know. What, what do you think? Uh, uh, was there a kind of like a common uh, thing that they, they kept them going actually or, or, or to overcome all these challenges actually? I, I think, you know, regardless of uh, country or regardless of uh, systems, right? Entrepreneurs in general are hardy people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? Whether you're in the US or, or, or Singapore or Malaysia or Indonesia or India or Bangladesh or Egypt or Russia, right? Or, yeah. or UK or South Korea or Japan, right? Uh, it's, mm. Or China, it's, it's all the same, right? You have to be hardy. Uh, you have to look at opportunities with a sense of optimism and you have to be willing to take it. Uh, mm. You know, uh, of course, you know, the level of access to different resources could vary country by country, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, depending on the industry that you're in as well. Right, um, uh, and I think you know, uh, so you 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 make do with the cuts that you have, uh, and with the cuts that you have, you hope to then uh, pyramid upwards to a better deck of cuts. Okay, <laughs> yeah, because I'm pretty right. sure you know when you you had your first batch of going magic going over the Silicon Valley. I'm correct me if I'm wrong. Were you were you in a way envious of the ecosystem that they had compared to what we have here at, at the first glance, or was it like, okay, they have this, but we have our own uh, strengths and traits within the ecosystem, you know? Because I, I remember, 
you, as a first cohort, you guys spent like what two weeks in Stanford or something? Uh, yes. Um, so so uh, you can be envious, or you can just make the most of what you have, Right. I don't mm. see. I don't see the benefit of having MB in it because it doesn't spur action. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Uh, it makes no difference. Right. Mm. Uh, but if 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 you are envious, but you feel that you can make the most out of the resources there, uh, mm-hmm. and for your own agenda. Mm-mm-mm. Then by all means go ahead. Yeah. Right. You need to set up a Singaporean company. You need to become Singaporean. You know, because it's required for your business in order to grow it as big as Grab. Right. Mm. By all means. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, or or uh, um, if you want to build a global software company, you need to move to the US. By all means. Right. Mm. Or you can also still build uh, large successful businesses like Carsama or Asia or Malaysia. Then by all means as well. Right. The key yeah, thing is, you know, yeah. the, the limits test is uh, how do you decide based on what's suitable for your own individual requirements mm, mm, on mm, your mm, own mm. agenda, right? Yes. Uh, or what on are you trying terms. to build uh, exactly uh, out of the yeah. different factors and different conditions that you have, right? Yeah. Uh, but your 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 indirect question with regards to you know uh, marginalization, etc. I mean, truth be told, right? Uh, this is the reality. It is a reality yeah. that in Malaysia. You know, the, the social fabric of what we define as Malaysianness is defined through a racial lens because it's embedded with our political system. That's From right. the days of independence, right. rightfully or wrongly, uh, mm-hmm. and decisions were made, uh, you know, by the forefathers um, to, to, to structure in a certain way, yep. right? Uh, to create an economy along a certain way. Uh, Sometimes not just for economic reasons, but for social mm. stability reasons, right? That's right. Uh, 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 recalibration or you know a more equitable distribution of wealth, right? Uh, mm. Transcending across different um, you know, identities, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but uh, I think that the, the, the point uh, that that you, um, I suppose you know, I, I raise over here is you make do with what you have, mm. right? But uh, you stay true to your agenda and you lay mm-hmm. it with, uh, you do whatever it takes to make sure that, you know, it helps to improve the situation or the ecosystem as a whole. Yeah. Right. Point. Either yes. either you can, uh, you know, or one can complain or gripe about it all the time or one can learn how to operate independently of it. Correct. One can choose to abandon it. Mm-hmm. One can choose to operate within it. The mm-hmm. choice is entirely up to you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that makes Great. a lot of sense. I, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, probably one, one question with regards to the, the cultural nuance as well. So uh, of the 300 staff that you have, um, how many of them are actually Malaysians? And do you have any, uh, in a way, um, non-Malaysians working in it? Yeah. And what is the culture that you have tried to build? Uh, and, and what would maybe the common cultural differences or nuances that, you know, I wouldn't use the word struggle, but trying to assimilate, put it this way. Well, I mean, we run a global business, so definitely we need to have a global workforce, right? We've mm, got offices mm. in, uh, you know, more than 30 over uh, countries, be it partners or direct sales, right? And, and, and mm-hmm. you do need uh, people who understand the cultural context uh, and the ability to, 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 to push and also, you know, uh, network and to sell. Right. Mm. Uh, on the other hand, so we also need people to do customer service and market development and also marketing. 
right? So I would say, you know, the split is probably 85% or 80, 85 or 90% percent Malaysian, and then, you know, 10, 15, 20%, you know, non-Malaysians. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we try to inject a certain sense of, you know, cultural uh, mixture uh, into mm-hmm. the whole mix because at the end of it, having cultural diversity is more of a strength rather than, uh, you know, a disadvantage, right? Mm. So I would disagree with the concept of assimilation, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, but rather, you know, I, I would um, uh, phrase it in such a way that, you know, it's, it's to, to integrate everybody together across a, uh, a certain work culture, mm. a culture mm-hmm. of respect, mm-hmm. a culture mm-hmm. of tolerance, a culture of performance, a culture mm-hmm. of accountability, uh, but at the same time, a culture of uh, making the most out of the different diversity that we have. Am I as diverse as I want it to be? Uh, the answer is no. Right? Mm. Uh, I've worked 10 years in London. London is very diverse. Yeah. Right? Uh, I spent time in Singapore. So Singapore is getting increasingly diverse. Mm, right? Mm. These are all global cities and alpha cities where it's easy to hi- easier to hire foreigners. Right? Uh, because you need to have a mix of it in the global present company like ours. That's right. Right. But uh, unfortunately in Malaysia, you know, instead of making it easier, it has become progressively more difficult to hire foreign talent. <laughs> right. That was so, what uh, I was alluding to us too. Actually. Yeah. So, so uh, it is one of the counter arguments towards, you know, how we can essentially build more, uh, I suppose, you know, the government has set a mandate they want to build more unicorns, right? But, you know, if we kind of, mm. If you cannot bring in more foreigners because we need it to act as a base or as an ingredient or as a resource, right? Uh, a critical yeah. resource, technically and yes. non-technically, uh, uh, in order to operate, uh, you know, a business at a global level, then then you know it's counterintuitive, right? So therefore, you know, you, you have different ministries and different policies which yeah. contradict each other to a certain extent. That's right. That's right. That's right. I mean, I, I mean, I draw parallels to like uh, Japan as a very homogeneous society. Even there also recognize the need to bring in, you know, external external cultures to actually understand uh, competitiveness in a global schema. And and yeah, you know, not, no matter how homogeneous Japan is you know, compared to us. And they have to yeah. move, right? Because if you think about it, the last 20, 30 yeah. years of Japan, you know, it has been a non-competitive economy. Exactly. exactly. Right? And it's the exactly. South Koreans that have taken over, you know, shipbuilding, electronics, uh, yeah. DRAM, uh, you know, uh, smartphones, uh, smart devices. Uh, well, why is that the case? You know, uh, yeah, uh, it's the ability to be able to adapt to what's required and to be more aggressive about it. Yeah, great. A, um, one last question before I turn it over to MJ. If it's regards to um, perhaps the the deck that you actually created on your LinkedIn, and I, I find it very interesting, is because it's actually. Uh, Business development based on relationships 101. <laughs> okay, I think I, I must have written about three, four, five years ago, right? One of yeah, the, yeah. the, the, the public this, talks. This for me, yeah, it was, was a bit, a bit um, you know, a bit, um, I would say, uh, peculiar because uh, a lot of times people talk about business development as some sort of a relationship kind of thing. But you, you kind of like frame it up into, into something that's, I would say, applicable. And maybe first, why the why the the you felt the need to to put this in? Uh, was it a journal or something? Uh, secondly, is that have you seen it work? And what was the feedback mechanism that you received on based on this actually? So I think all the decks that I prepared on LinkedIn were essentially you know the stuff that I had to prepare for presentations to a bunch of uh, let's say uni kids or startup uh, oh, folks, oh, right? Okay. So I was the only doing it for an event because you know uh, 
yeah, uh, there was a teaching moment or experience sharing moment, lah, mm. right? Mm. And it requires a material or whether it was a Founders Institute uh, uh, module and they, they gave me a topic and I have to prepare something along those lines, lah, right? Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't dare claim that, you know, I'm full expert on those, but I can just <laughs> layer with the experiences I've gone through in my own uh, career or my own life, lah. Right, mm-hmm. um, uh, so I, I can't recall exactly what I've written on those <laughs> slides, but I would suspect that you know it's a lot about uh, you know building up the credibility, uh, mm-hmm. you know identifying who are the main stakeholders, uh, how to mm-hmm. actually create a win-win environment and a situation, and you you deal with it constructively. Uh, you, you try to extract your pound of flesh, but on the other hand as well, you know you need to make sure the others get something in return. Uh, and yeah. it's not about you know the short-term transactional one-off thing, but rather you know how can you essentially build up a relationship that will last for years because you build up a trust over time, right? Mm. So uh, the industry uh, or uh, whichever industry that you are in, right, uh, it's not as big as you think it is as well at a certain mm-hmm. level, mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. especially when you're at the point where you're making decisions with. Really. Right. Yes. Uh, you know the CEOs will talk to the CEOs. The the CFOs will talk to the CFOs. The the, yeah. the CEOs will talk to the CEOs. Right. The VPs will talk to the VPs, and they don't know each other. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the 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 key things, you know, build up your own branding, uh, build up the the visibility, build up the credibility, and start pyramiding upwards because you demonstrate your value. Mm. And people will take notice, right? And sometimes you know the doors will open up, uh, you know, un- un- unexpectedly. So uh, I, I don't do a fantastic job in terms of posting on LinkedIn, to be honest with you, right? Mm, uh, mm, I don't post daily, I don't post weekly or whatsoever, but for anybody who's uh, an aspiant, uh, aspiring, uh, you know, uh, uh, new joiner to the employment market or someone who's just starting off, I would recommend, yeah, building your own visibility. Because when you don't have a budget to market, right, you yourself can be the best marketer. Oh yeah, right. fantastic. I think sure. uh, this f- fantastic works for 20 year olds, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I have a lot of questions about, um, you know, why you think in your experience, startups don't do well. Before, mm. I, before I go into that more general question, uh, you know, sticking with what, where you're, you're at right now, I, I know you worked on an NFT project, right? So how does the, how does NFT fit in, NFTs fit into what you're building with uh, design AI and, uh, you know, Imagine? But imagine uh, uh, core is content management, IP management. So we, mm. we, we have 180 million um, stock content pieces within our platform. Uh, we also have tools which people use to create content, right? Pixlr or Vector that we have within the portfolio. Mm. And, you know, when it comes to NFTs, uh, uh, it's a way for folks or users to commit uh, user ownership details or metadata onto the blockchain where mm. uh, it's publicly verifiable, publicly trackable, and publicly um, you know, identifiable. Uh, and, and therefore, it opens up more possibilities of new business models to be built on top. Right. In what shapes or what forms it will be linked to our core businesses right now, you know, things are still a little mm-hmm. bit early on for us to, to um, test and engage. Uh, but on the other hand, so the reason why we got the NFTs uh, will be a few things now. One was to find additional revenue sources. Mm-hmm. Number mm. two was actually to learn the industry by going into it. Number three mm-hmm. was to build up the expertise so that we can layer on to our core products that we have. Mm. Right? So these are the tr- three uh, principal drivers. It has been an interesting journey. It's been an exciting journey, right? Uh, the, on the other hand, you know, uh, crypto and, 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 and NFTs, you have some fundamentals, but there's also a lot of hype. Oh yeah. Oh yes. 100%. Right. Of it. The, the booms and busts <laughs> are, are, are driven by hype cycles as well. 
right? But yeah. you, yeah. Uh, nonetheless, structurally, um, you know, uh, mm -hmm. there, there are new things, new revolutions, new use cases, new business models, right? Uh, they 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 they, they, they pyramid themselves upwards, or they don't look that evident at the early stages. But once it reaches a certain scale, yes, then mm -hmm. the business models make sense. Yeah. Right. Um, just like, you know, with the Russian-Ukraine war, right? You, know, you, you, you Literally, you know, crypto is a, a lifesaver for those who are trying to transfer their life savings out. Correct. Or, oh, or yeah. to run, right? Instead of having a gold chain or, you know, your, your diamond rings or whatsoever mm -hmm. that you can pawn, right? Yeah. Your, 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 your ETH or your, your BTC will be the ones that actually uh, <laughs> helps you reset, resettle in a new country, right? Uh, yeah. You know, for, yeah. For many of the Ukrainians, as an example. Um, yeah. So, so uh, that's the reason why we got into NFTs, right? Right, right. Okay. Now, going back to like, you know, your experience looking at other startups and people seeking advice from you, you observing maybe friends or whoever, maybe former employees building companies, those that succeed and those that fail. What would you say are like some of the things that you see very common that startups do that you think they should, they should stop doing? It's always easier said than done. Of course. Okay. Of course. Let, 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 me lay, let me lay down the theoretical parameters. Okay. <laughs> you must have the right strategy. Okay. <laughs> Your strategy is wrong. You go in a different direction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, uh, or if you're not adaptable enough, right? Or you're too stubborn to be able to change. But sometimes, you know, uh, stubbornness has its own benefits because you don't give up. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's two ways to look at things, right? But you must mm -hmm. have the right strategy. Right. Uh, if you know you're on the wrong path, do not be afraid to actually change instead of just going head on against uh, the wall, right? And you crash mm. into it and you die. Right? You must have the ability to execute. Sometimes, you know, uh, in, the, in, the, in the fog of war, right? Uh, amidst a quagmire of uncertainty or the morass of uh, murkiness, right? how do you uh, essentially find a way through? Mm. So you must be resourceful and adaptable enough to string up the ducks in a row and mm. and just get things done. Mm. The things that you always have to be humble, right? But you must also be arrogant enough. Mm. Humble to listen and learn, uh, but arrogant enough to also know that sometimes, you know, not everything that you hear is the right decision for you. Mm. But you must have your own conviction. Mm. Right and, and, and decide and act upon it. Right, data is always used to uh, help someone make informed tactical decisions or have a feedback loop. Mm. But true entrepreneurship is not dependent on data mm. alone. Right, mm -hmm. not just the quantitative data, but, but rather you know the qualitative elements, the quantitative elements. You bring it all together, you see a path through, and then you decide. Right, you have to have the courage to make the, the call. Mm. Right, and then uh, the, the 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 fifth thing is uh, really about luck. Right, you could be too early, you could be too late. You have to get the yeah. the, the Goldilocks window right. Right. Yeah. So so all these elements, you know, in theory, you know, they all blend together. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but of course, you know, the, the, your your out view uh, in life, your own personality, the way you operate with people, the way you deal with people, the way um, you you um, react to adversity or opportunity, right? Uh, the, uh, the way you can bounce back, mm. uh, the way you can keep opening up new opportunities, all these things are factors 
into whether or not you can string these four or five factors together. Mm. Wow. wow. Um, John, dear email coach, because the next segment, I'm going to go on to more, uh, a completely different direction. So yeah, do you have any more uh, I, I do have one because he gave the theoretical, yeah. <laughs> he actually he mentioned the word theoretical, right? So in a way, what would be the practical side of things? I'm pretty sure you've seen startups that work successfully and they did not have all the ducks lined up. And I'm pretty sure you had seen startups that fail miserably with all the ducks lined up. So where, besides the theoretical part, what were the more practical side? Maybe a, uh, an example or if, if you can if you can recall. You know? Sometimes you give up too early. Sometimes you give up too late. Ah. Mm, 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 mm. Right. Uh, sometimes you 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 don't adapt enough. Sometimes you adapt too much. You you, you have a whipsaw mm. effect. Ah. Right. So there's no no one size fits all answer. Right. It really I depends on, sure. on, 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 sure. on the situation, on the time, on uh on on the things which are available for you to to be able to decide on at the particular point in time. Mm. Sometimes mm. you're just plain unlucky, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What can, what can you do about it? But you know, yeah. you know, to your, to your point about luck, I think that so many people, especially entrepreneurs, believe that, you know, they have a vision, they're going to put in the work. And with that combination, you know, they, we, you know, in football, there's this term, technical term called a coincidence factor. That means they, they work so hard, they plan so much that luck is not even part of it. And, and, and you have rightly pointed out, I think that uh, no matter how hard you work, no matter how smart you are, luck is massive, right? It, yeah. It's a role to play. So how we, how you give advice to someone, right? Who maybe don't believe in luck. So the, uh, <laughs> so, so uh, I'll explain. Uh, the harder you work, the more opportunities to have to have more shots at the goal. Right. Mm. Even though the probability right. is the same, right? But you have more shots, right? Yes. So your absolute uh, probability increases. Yes. Because mm. it's a sequence of independent events, right? Correct. Or maybe not independent events, uh, correlated events. Yes, yes, yes. Right? So, so the, the harder you work, you know, you, um, uh, you launch one rocket and you fail, right? And you give up. Versus, you know, you launch 10, ro 10 rockets, yeah, you yeah. know, nine fail and then one goes up, right? And yeah. that's what Elon Musk did. Yeah. Right? So the yeah. harder you work, the more you learn, the lucky you get. Because, you know, that then it becomes more and more of the incident factor. Mm. So how, how do you, then how about people, right? Who, um, who, who, who find it hard, like some, so there are different types of entrepreneurs, right? Uh, some people are geared, right? Mm. Towards just moving forward, right? But how about the people who, who did all they can, plan all they can, and, and then luck got involved? And to them it's like, well, that's a failure. How do you pick guys like that up, you know? You can't really pick guys like that up. They, they will really? pick themselves up. Okay. And right. they can't, they can't. They can't, they can't really, they can, they can, right? Right. I mean, uh, 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 all those who have made it, right, you know, they've gone through booms and busts multiple times. Yeah. Right? Elon Musk himself, the richest guy in history ever. Yeah, yeah. Right? Has gone yeah. through the depths of depression, the likes of which we cannot even uh, uh, identify Imagine. with, you know, right? Yeah. A grown-up man, as hardy as he is, to cry, right? And to, 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 to work 18 hours, right? And not complain because, you know, the weight rights on his own shoulders, right? If uh, if it doesn't work 18 hours for two weeks, the whole company was going to go bust already. Yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, so so yeah, the question is, how do you actually pick yourself up from all this? Uh, so it's the kind of grit, right? You know, reaching into your own inner self, right? Finding the inner fire to be able to, to come up from, from the cusp of defeat multiple times, not just once. Yeah. Right. 
Okay, so now now you know I know you're someone with a lot of broad with broad interests. So maybe we'll move on from you know entrepreneurship uh, specifically and all that. I want to ask you a lot about your thoughts on um, uh, history, right? I know you mentioned one book that left you an impression would be the history about Europe, but maybe let's talk about individuals, right? What, who who do you look to and admire in any anyone history and perhaps maybe someone you see yourself in okay i've only got five minutes because uh, oh, i should sure. go somewhere else but never mind okay, you know, okay, uh, okay, i think okay. this is a good question uh, this will be a last question yeah let's just time it. it's fine um one particular person i think it's hard for mm. me to put right if you yeah, ask yeah, me 15 20 people who inspire me in different ways or forms right yes then uh, yeah. I, I i would be able to to to, to carve out that right uh and, and answer uh, but i think you know uh i really admire people who uh, who can create new industries from scratch. Mm. Mm. Right? So I wouldn't point out a particular name in general, but you know, you know, uh, the, the Edisons, the Carnegie's, the, you know, the, um, uh, the Steve Jobs, the Bill Gates, right? The Zuckerbergs, the, I don't know, the JP Morgans, right? Uh, uh, the, the Rockefellers, right? Uh, why are they able to create new industries from scratch? And when you have someone creating new industries from scratch, you are talking about industries worth hundreds of billions, right, or mm-hmm. trillions of dollars in value. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's because you know they are able to to invent new things, mm. and they are able to define the industry, mm. and they are able to expand it based on their own vision. So it's not about scraping from the same red ocean. Yeah, uh, but to be able to define vast new blue oceans from scratch, right? And all these industrialists and all this uh, technology or all these biotech folks or uh, the co- because they are able to, uh, I suppose you know, uh, turn applications of new knowledge mm. into things which are used by hundreds of millions, if not billions, of people. Whoever invented the telegraph, whoever invented the television, whoever invented the radio, the internet, you know, yeah. uh, Uber, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's why I really admire people who can actually create stuff that becomes mainstream. And nowadays, you don't even need a single generation to do that. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can do it within 10 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Airbnb is, comes up to mind. I mean, it was just an idea of three guys and yeah. Yeah, and the, and the idea isn't even complicated, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's not complicated. And, and I think you you brought up a very interesting point because these guys don't even have a rule book or a guidebook of history, in a way, because it's, they are disruptors. They had to build the rule book as they go. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, look, I I actually have so many more, but I know you got to go, right? And uh, man, uh, it's been uh, it's been a ride, and it's been an education. I really loved, uh, I think, every segment. I will definitely re-watch uh, this podcast uh, once it's out. should be out within uh, three weeks or so, three to four weeks, right? But yeah, any, any yeah. more questions from you, John? No, no. I, I, I think uh, more importantly is uh, where can people find Warren? Yeah. How, how can people get in touch with you yes. if you want to be found? That's it. Yes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I, I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. You know, you can Google yeah. me. You can drop me an email as well. That's not an issue, right? Yeah. I'm pretty yeah. accessible you know, as, as a person. All right, guys. So and, that's and, uh, yes, yes. Yeah, and and also maybe the the products that yeah. What was the name of the? Okay, we'll Google it lah. Because we 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 use Canva, 
So yes. hopefully we can, like, you know. You should uh, try um, Pixlr, right? Uh, for sure. Okay, yeah, yeah, here yeah. we go, Pixlr. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, MJ. Yeah, you know, guys, I, I know you're hearing this. You definitely got a lot of value. Uh, the, the only bad part about this podcast is that it's not longer. And yeah, yeah, see, I told you we will pass uh, an hour, right? Yeah, you know, at least I, I, I didn't, I didn't uh, make the most boring person part. <laughs> no, 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 we, we will not allow that. You don't have to worry. Yeah, uh, and 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 yeah, guys. Uh, look, if you like this sort of content, of course, remember like, comment, subscribe, and all that stuff. You know, follow us on Spotify, and you know, share it with friends who you, friends or family who you know for a fact will find it useful. And uh, yeah, we'll see you in the next podcast. Uh, signing off.